You are listening to episode 10 of the EU Startups Podcast. Today, we're talking about the status quo and future of co-working with the co-founders and CEOs of Better House and Talent Garden. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the EU Startups Podcast. Aside of the travel, hospitality, and events industry, also other sectors like office and co-working spaces have been impacted quite heavily by the ongoing pandemic. To learn more about the status quo and future of co-working spaces, our head of content, Charlotte Tucker, had a conversation with Madeline Gummer von Mohl, the co-founder and CEO of Better House, and with David Datoli, the co-founder and CEO of Talent Garden. But before we jump into this conversation, please let me say a big thank you to our sponsor. The EU Startups Podcast is powered by ShareWorks by Morgan Stanley. Combining cutting-edge technology with outstanding client service, ShareWorks by Morgan Stanley provides solutions designed for the unique needs of startups. ShareWorks by Morgan Stanley simplifies the complexities of equity plan management, helps you engage with your employees and provides your business with the tools it needs to comply with local and regulatory requirements. As an integrated platform, everything from HRIS integration to audit-ready financial reporting works together seamlessly for improved accuracy, collaboration and decision-making. For more information, visit shareworks.com or check out the link in our show notes to schedule a free demo. So for today's episode of the EU Startups Podcast, we are talking about the future of co-working and actually working spaces in general. As we continue to work from home, we're questioning what's in store for our working environment in 2021 and beyond. So for this discussion, we're very lucky to be joined by two big names in the European co-working space. Madeleine Gummer von Moll, I hope I said your name right. Yes. <laughs> Uh, who is co-founder and CEO of Better House, which has so far co-working spaces in Berlin, Hamburg, Sofia and Barcelona, and a huge global network of 150 co-working spaces worldwide. And also Davide Datoli, I hope I also pronounced your name correctly, <laughs> um, who is founder of Talent Garden, a European co-working network with 28 spaces, which is spread over eight countries. So thank you both for joining us. At the beginning, maybe um, you could both explain to us briefly for our listeners how you started. Um, so how you started Talent Garden in 2011, how you started Better House in 2009, and how they've grown since then. Davide, you could start? Yeah, absolutely. So we um, were thinking about the idea of creating an environment in which different talents coming from the tech uh, background can meet together, can stay together and can connect with each other. And in 2011, we decided to open our first space in uh, Brescia, which is a small city in the north part of Italy. And after that, we understood that the, the model of bringing talents together and creating for them opportunities of growing, of networking, of learning was uh, uh, the, the real need of all the tech industry. 
And so during the last uh, eight years, we were scaling uh, uh, Talent Garden before all over Italy. And after in Spain, in Austria, in, uh, in Ireland, and in many other countries across the different uh, uh, countries of Europe, with the idea of trying to creating a network of talents uh, in which uh, you can find in Talent Garden not only a space where you can work, but also a school where you can uh, uh, really find the skills that you, you need to grow and, and to succeed in your professional career in a place to connect with other talents all over Europe. Awesome. So, um, Madeline, maybe you could give us a very similar little snippet of how you started in growing. Yes. So we started in 2008, um, sitting together and um, discussing how we would love to work and live. And back then we had a little student agency which had their own office place. But the office place was always too small or too large. It was never really fitting. So we thought, why don't we start something? I have to admit back then I didn't know that it, it was called co-working what we started. So we called it Beta House. <laughs> um, so we wanted to start something where we could work flexibly and all our freelance friends. And from day one, we had a long waiting list because back then nothing like this was existing in Berlin or in Germany. So we were pretty lucky. We always had more requests than space. So we grew pretty fast within the first month. And I think after half a year, there was the first request from another city, which was Hamburg, if we want to open up something there. And then Sofia and Barcelona. And we also tried out something in Cologne. So the beginning was super, super fast. There were so many requests and so many yeah, new things that we almost crashed down, I have to say, because there was too many opportunities and we were, frankly, very young back then. So after three years, we did something like a restart where we sat down again and said, okay, what is it, what we really want to do? It is co-working, only co-working, nothing else than co-working. <laughs> no university, no camps, no, what did we add? We had lots of different things. And then we restarted from the scratch. And since then, we're trying to really focus on the core product, which is co-working. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, during the last half year, I felt, yeah, it reminded me a lot of our beginning times. But we probably will mm-hmm. talk about this later. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you've both been around um, since the beginning of the co-working concepts, and you've actually both shaped what co-working means and how people perceive co-working in Europe, which is which is a really big achievement. <laughs> um, so I have a question for both of you about growing internationally. Um, you both obviously started in in your your current locations, and then you've expanded um, nationally and then internationally. So how have you kept the the soul of each location that you've you've expanded into, adapting to the local environment, but you've also managed to keep your wider brands alive, so your wider uh, Better House and wider Talent Garden brands um, without diminishing the, the local uniqueness of each place. So how have you done that? How have you, how have you achieved that? So maybe Davide you could go first again. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we were thought a lot about how to scale Talent Garden uh, because obviously it's, uh, it's all the time very nice concept, the idea of scaling, but it's also try to understand what you really want to keep and what has to be the, the local soul. 
So uh, what we decide is that we define somehow some principles and a uh, um, few activity that has to be the same. One of it is the design. Each Talent Garden has a, has a similar style uh, across the different location. Another one is the type uh, of uh, uh, branding and positioning in the market. And the third one is about the content that we try to scale across the different uh, space. But what we want to keep local, it's uh, about the, the, the activity and the connection with the local ecosystem. And what we try to do in every, in every city is try to be the reference point for all the people at international level that want to feel at home. Also, they are based in, in Barcelona, in Madrid, in Milan, in Copenhagen or whatever. So we try to localize uh, around 50% of our content and activity, and we try to centralize the other 50% uh, to keep uh, a global favor. And that's, uh, we believe, is, is the, best, uh, uh, the best way of scaling uh, a network uh, of, of innovation space across Europe uh, with the idea of really try to uh, work and focus everything on the team. People are what make the difference, are the ones who are able to attract their community, are the ones able to, to make the difference uh, and, and, and connect with the, with the city overall, not only with the tech ecosystem, but also with uh, all the local institutions, uh, corporates and players. So it's, it's really key to, to find the right people, give them at least 50% autonomously and, uh, and let them fly. Mm-hmm. So are there some aspects that you, you always um, hand over to the local spaces, uh, that, that 50%? Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the, the design of each space, it's, it's very similar. Uh, obviously, each building has its own soul, so the design adapts a little bit. But when you enter in one talent garden in another one, you always f- feel at home. And this for us is, is key, exactly as the fact that uh, whatever you are uh, in talent garden in Vienna or in, in Copenhagen, we will uh, um, give you the, the same quality of courses. So we are making bootcamp courses for coding, for user experience, for digital marketing. You can find exactly the same content with the same uh, quality, uh, with the same approach. But obviously we have some uh, local faculty, most of the time are member of our co-working space, but also decide to invest some of their time in teaching in our courses. Obviously we, we pay them, but the idea is really creating a, an ecosystem where uh, internal people, external people, where uh, the students, the, the members, uh, the corporates can collaborate together. Mm. And Madeline, how, how does it compare for you in better health? Yeah, I can I can also underline that what um, what you said is that it's a lot about the people, you know. So it's we rather think about the personality and tone what our brand has than only how do we look, you know. Of course, in the beginning we thought, okay, we have to write a brand manual like McDonald's, but this is not what's the soul of co-working, you know. Soul of co-working is how do you host people, how do you create community, how do you create create a reliable connections between each other and especially during the last half year we have been seeing that this is like the core thing of beta house you know the people stick together they help each other even through difficult times and they see it as a home you know not only as a workspace but also as a home and as a family and um, this is where we put a lot of effort in you know we we really really look into what Who are the people we're working together and how can we train them to become and create this home for our community? But of course, we're also working on brand manual and having rules and guidance and workshops and whatever. You constantly have to look at it. 
but we also um, yeah encourage a lot of freedom, so to say. So Beta House Barcelona has its own style. Beta House Hamburg has a more northern um, pragmatic style. And Beta House Berlin is like the core Beta House, the beginning where we test out a lot of things. And if something works out very well, then the other houses take it over. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you both mentioned that um, the people, the people of the community being the center of the co-working and how it builds and how it grows. Over the, the last 10 years or so, how have you noticed that the concept of co-working has been created, has grown? And do you see any way that it's changed? the idea of the community or, or the kinds of things that you offer to the people that work there? I mean, for me, what I see is that um, we attract different target groups than we attract in the beginning. In the beginning, of course, we only thought about creative single freelancers and then the first startups came and then some small agencies. But nowadays, even big corporates are our um, clients and becoming part of the community. And How do you still balance this out? You know, if a manager of a big, big corporate comes in with his tie and suit and wants to be served like he's usually been served at his own headquarter and then host him with open arms, but still make sure that he adapts to the community, you know, that we don't all dance around him now. <laughs> and then um, how do we create situations where he can get to know people he usually in his from his background, I would say, would never maybe interact professionally. And now we can create moments where he can yeah, learn from startups, learn from freelancers and vice versa. And then we have one thing in our personality or values. It's we are playful. We don't take ourselves too seriously. And this is kind of like for most of the situations, very important that we always look around and say, okay, what's in front of us and how can we deal with that? And how can we make the best out of it for both sides? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That, that, that um, example you gave of, of how to interact also with, with corporates and people who are maybe are not used to, to working uh, as freelancers or as consultants to kind of bring them into the, into the discussion. So, um, Davide, how, how have things changed for you over the past 10 years? I think that this sector went from, uh, I can say, more an association mood and very informal and, and, and really, really somehow driven only by, by the passion to something that is becoming way more uh, professional also. It became a job, it became clear that it's not only uh, a movement, but it's something more, it, it can become also business. Ten years ago, seems that was more uh, something, uh, no profit. Today, obviously, it goes uh, on the opposite, on the idea that uh, it's it's also a business, difficult business, but it's a business. So I think the, the, the market evolves a lot. People now know what co-working does it mean, what flexible space does it mean. And also starts to understand the difference between the different players, because uh, uh, at the beginning was more about uh, uh, really the, the, the one or two founder of a space and you decide to go in that space more for that. Uh, while today, uh, people are also way more interesting about the facility itself. Uh, they expect a way more high quality. 
they believe that uh, uh, they want to attach themselves into a brand, into a community, into a manifesto where they believe uh, into. Uh, and so we start to see, in particular with cities where there are uh, plenty of co-working, that really members decide which are the campus that they prefer based on the culture that there is inside. So there are from uh, the, the global player like uh, we worker spaces that are uh, really professional, but maybe very low quality of community uh, with uh, uh, on the opposite, a lot of very, very local players, 100% community and, uh, and 0% quality of the facility. Uh, and somehow uh, in the middle, there are obviously a lot of, uh, of player in the market and, and opportunities. So I, I think that really in the last 10 years, this sector became from a, uh, I can say association and movement to, to something that is a, a business and, and a real sector. Mm. And of course, things are changing rapidly now um, because of the coronavirus pandemic, as we, we all know. Um, so how how have you been adapting to the situation, given that co-workings um, over the past 10 years have been focused on a physical community? Um, how have you been going digital? How have you been adapting? Um, we've already seen that um, some spaces have already collapsed, like Tech Hub London. So how are you how are you uh, moving forward and, and what have you been doing the past couple of months? Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, Davide, what you just said about becoming more professional, we, of course, also went through this phase. So I would say the last years were all about being super professional, high professional in every area and also becoming a little bit snobby, I would say, because we had so many requests and so long waiting lists for our um, headquarter in Kreuzberg. And now I think during the last six months, we became more humble again, you know, a little bit more like, okay, we have to be flexible and we have to really listen to the needs of everyone who's entering our house and door. And then during the lockdowns, really negotiation with um, our members, tenants, with our landlords, that was tough as well. Then adapting day by day to the new laws. Um, for me personally, I think the biggest challenge was, um, which I took really serious, how to keep my team safe and um, motivated during this last month. Because um, most of them are also very young, very new in Berlin. Most of their families are abroad and going through a like, lockdown as a single person being new in Berlin is tough, you know. And of course, <clears throat> for us as team, it wasn't difficult to work remotely. Most of our meetings are virtually anyway. But it was a challenge to create the sense of community which we normally have in this space. And um, there we set up a virtual platform where you can now attend all of the yeah, normal community events we have. Uh, we had to close down our events department because right now, of course, there are no events allowed. And we are now renting out some of the event spaces for long-term usage for tenants as team spaces. And I have to say we um, have a total new client group. And these are big corporates with their own office spaces who are now desperately looking for support in how to change their office structure into a more flexible and yeah, something adaptable for the new way how people will work in the future. Mm -hmm. and this is a yeah, it's a, it's a great chance for us. 
Yeah, I think also that uh, um, somehow we have to be honest and say that uh, 2020 and 2021 will be very tough mm -hmm. for the co-working spaces. It's, uh, it's not something to, to, uh, to, to try to not to say, but on the opposite, uh, uh, we really see, as, uh, as Madeleine also just said, the, the, the big, big opportunity uh, because we have we are receiving every week, uh, uh, I can say, hundreds of different requests on uh, uh, on somehow a new market that has a little bit changed compared to before. So for sure, we see a lot of corporates, a lot of companies that before were thinking of uh, uh, with 100 employees having a, an office of 100 people, while today maybe they take uh, 20, 30 desks into a co-working space and they give their employee the possibility of... Uh, of uh, flexibility and coming to the office only a few hours a week, uh, a week or a few days a week. Uh, so a lot of this new target is coming on into the market. Uh, so we, we see a, a huge potential growth on this side, but also a lot of freelancer or in particular with also people that has a full-time job that work for tech company like Facebook and Google and all these type of company that uh, uh, are not allowed to go to their office for the next uh, uh, six months and probably also more. Uh, and so they decide to, to still uh, uh, go to a co-working space because they don't want to work from home. So we see on, on both these new targets uh, a huge opportunity of growth where uh, somehow new key uh, clients are coming to the, the, the market uh, with uh, a huge potential. But obviously in the short term, uh, uh, not having event, uh, having less people in the campus and so on, and all the, the restriction for, for the security and all the investment required for, for cleaning is something that is put uh, a lot of players under pressure. Yeah. Yeah, I would say, like, fi finally, the whole society knows how important co-working or flexible workspaces, you know, finally, they could all be our members. And mm. it's a great uh, situation, yeah. So do you, you, you both feel that uh, even larger corporates, um, this, is, this could be the opportunity for them to really understand that flexible working and home working does actually work and they can trust their employees and, and, um, and that will, home working will, will be here to stay even at least partially for, for some people you know, a few days a week or uh, rotating between their, their co-workers? Yeah, I think it, it will be a mixture out of working from home, um, working from the headquarter, which might be in the future a bit smaller, and then working in between in flexible workspaces like co-working spaces in, nearby. Because in Berlin, for example, the um, how do you say, apartment market is super tough and hardly no one has their own office at home, you know. They have to work from the kitchen table or from the sleeping room. And if you have young kids who are sometimes at home as well, then it's like a nightmare. And then if your employ employer says, okay, you are not allowed to come to the office, then you have to look for something else. And this could be us, you know. Uh, so are you going to be targeting these, these new um, potential co-workers who are part of larger corporates or like traditional office workers, would you be targeting um, them individually or will you be um, making partnerships with, uh, with the corporates themselves or are you just kind of seeing how it develops organically? I mean, we right now go, we attack them from both sides. 
Yeah, in this period, you cannot uh, wait. You have to attack, <laughs> and uh, you have really to go to to scout for your members and to to scout with potential opportunity. Because I think that as as all the crises, there are things that are going down, but also a lot of things that are going up. Mm, yeah. Okay, so um, penultimate question: um, In this this pandemic situation, um, many um, companies or organizations who um, traditionally have been competitors. Um, we've seen you know, people pulling together, working together, collaborating. How has this affected the co-working space? Um, do you believe that, that spaces are, are starting to work more together or do you still uh, feel this kind of more competitive vibe? I really believe that uh, consolidation of the market uh, will be a natural uh, uh, transformation of this sector. Because obviously at the beginning there were hundreds of different players and now it's going with uh, uh, try to put together the, the, the best player and try to create bigger players that are big enough to, to really uh, make the difference uh, uh, on a European or global level. Because uh, uh, unfortunately it will be very, very difficult to, to see uh, in the future very small space. Uh, unfortunately, because we, we, I think that we are losing also a lot of, of values like this, but for sure the next uh, 12 months would be uh, so, so hard, but uh, it's, 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 it's also time to consolidate more the sector. Yeah, I can, I can just underline this. I mean, we always have been very open and um, yeah, in good connection to players where we believe that they they work with the same values as we do. So Talent Garden or St. Oberholz, for example, from Berlin. And um, I also see that some of the big chains, uh, chains are kind of like using the moment to offer super, super cheap prices and kind of trying to undermine our offers. But um, I think at the end, the players who have the biggest community will win, you know? So mm -hmm. if you have a strong community, a lot of tenants behind you, I think we will, we can survive these times, but of course it's a very challenging time. And me mm -hmm. personally, I believe in a, something like beta garden thing. <laughs> it's a new brand. It was born here. <laughs> Absolutely agree. <laughs> Um, okay, so final question for both of you. What's on the cards uh, for Better House and Talent Garden for next year, 2021, so more short term? And then looking sort of medium term, next five years or so, do you have a plan already? Um, do you have any exciting uh, projects you're working on, something positive that we can look forward to? Or are you really just um, watching how things develop and and taking each day as it comes. Yeah, I mean, I'm personally, I'm working a lot with the big corporates right now, trying to support them to change their offices into more flexible office space. And I really like this challenge um, because I believe that it will be better for the normal employee to work in a more flexible structure. But we also have one client who has a sports arena, which they want to change into a co-working flexible office space, which is interesting. And then I'm actually also in talk with the uh, Protestant church, who has lots of church buildings in the, in, the, in the inner city part. And they also now want to open up to the neighborhoods and implementing co-working. 
And I always love these kind of projects. So I think one of these will be yeah, coming to life next year. <laughs> I think. And Davide? Yeah, we are pretty pretty aligned. We're also working very a lot on, on the idea of, uh, of growing the community overall. Uh, we have uh, our educational side that was booming this year. We were making more than 70% growth compared to last year because somehow we were able to move uh, a lot of the content that we were doing offline into online. And I know most of our students uh, are requesting us also more than before the, the support and the training uh, for staying on the market. So we are really working on, on scaling and growing our educational part. While in the meantime, we are still uh, opening some campuses. We have opened some weeks ago our new campus in Barcelona that is going very well. And we are uh, now opening uh, a new one in Bilbao, a new one in the south of Italy. And so we are uh, really concentrating the, the attention on uh, the, the evolution of the need of our members to, to continue on our mission to, to really create a, a European platform that can empower uh, people coming out of the uh, tech sector. That's nice to know that there are some exciting things coming, that things are not just stalling um, from exciting new um, locations like churches to, 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 new, to new locations opening. So that's, that's really good news. So that's the end of our, our interview. So thank you so much for, for joining me and have a, good, have a good rest of November. Perfect. Thanks a lot for your time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.